Hello and welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman-Smith and this is Words and Pictures podcast number 20. First off, Merry Christmas because this is going out in the middle of December. And my guest this week is Mandy Baggett and she'll be telling us about her Christmas book and all about romance. So stick around for the interview. So at my desk this week, well, as I record this, I've just got back off holiday. And uh, so I'd like to have a little chat about working on holiday. Uh, It's a funny thing, writing. I don't think it's something that's very easily put aside. People say, oh, have a break. Do you want to have a break from it? Well, no, I don't really. Mostly I just wish I could do more of it and that I could uh, work without any interruption. So the holiday I do find is the perfect place to do a bit of writing because there is no niggly little jobs that need doing, any laundry that needs folding or dinner that needs cooking, potatoes needing peeling. Um, So apart from walking the dog and generally just sort of hanging around, it is quite a good time to write. So anyway, we went away to the Peak District. Um, I'm here recording in the UK and um, it was very nice to have a week there and just you know walk the dog and sit around the fire in the afternoon and have a bit of a doze but then when all those things are done you're feeling rather restive and all you're going to do in the evening is pop out to the pub for a meal it's quite nice just to have those couple of hours to do a bit of writing now a few years ago I had a really bad neck and so I changed my setup and I'd always just used a rather large laptop for my writing And I realised my neck was absolutely appalling. So my husband said, you're going to have to get more of an ergonomic thing in order to, you know, not be in so much pain or not be such a pain. So anyway, we changed my my writing space. So I have like a a tower computer and then a screen and then the whole thing, you know, footrests and a proper chair and all that kind of thing. And um, yeah, and it's really made a lot of difference to my posture and, and how much pain I'm in at the end of the day or not, as the case may be. So... I have a little laptop, which I do a few other things on, and I kind of bought this laptop really just because I needed to have vellum uh, in order to format my books. So I've got this little tiny Apple Mac, MacBook Pro, I think it's called. I'm just reading it on the thing here. And uh, it's a very nice little thing. It's very tiny and it's ideal for taking away. And it's it's fine for doing... Um, I record these podcasts on here. I do the Zoom link when I do the interviews. And I've got the garage band where I do my editing and what have you. And uh, but also I take it away on holiday with me. And I don't have um, a sort of a, a wordy thing on there because normally I write in Word. But I have found you can take your Word document and put it into Scrivener, which I do have on here. Um, and what I find is when I'm on holiday, I quite often just plan things. And I use the Scrivener corkboard, which I like a lot. And I write you know, I plan stuff. But of course, at the moment, I'm kind of in the middle of a piece of writing and I kind of wanted to really carry on with the writing. I've kind of got the three books planned that I'm writing for this trilogy now. So I didn't really want to break off and start planning other stuff and using my brain for something else because I'm one of those people that I've got too many ideas and I really don't want to start some other tack, to be honest. So anyway, I took it with me. I put the put it on a flash drive and I, I was able to get it into the Scrivener so that I could just carry on writing it. And it was very nice to be able to do that, you know, and just write quite, just writing really for the pleasure of it. You know, at some point in the day where, you know, we were quite quiet, my husband's having a doze or whatever, there's nothing on telly and he's reading his book and you could just kind of get your little laptop out and have a little little tickle about for a couple of hours. So I didn't write loads, but I did get a few thousand words under my belt and, you know, I had a little think and I kind of looked at the planning 
things that I've got on there as well. So yeah, it's interesting to do that. And um, yeah, and I think I'm one of those people that I always like to have my writing with me. I don't really feel comfortable leaving it behind. It kind of makes me feel a bit edgy. So <laughs> I wonder if you're like me. Um, so if you feel a bit edgy, get in touch. Tell me how you feel. How do you cope? Do you like to just leave it to one side and not do anything and think, right, I don't have to do that this week and I come back to it fresh. I mean, that's all good as well. Or are you like me? I actually feel quite sort of bereft if I haven't got a, a keyboard near me. And as I'm dyslexic, I find it very hard to write legible notes that mean anything coherent, you know, three days later. It all looks a bit of a mess. So yes, I do need a, I do need a computer. Anyway, happy days. So uh, in the meantime, happy, happy Christmas to you. And uh, I hope it's all going well, all your planning and things. And um, come and meet Mandy Baggett. Let's have a little chat about her. She's a romance author and she's absolutely delightful. This week on the Words and Pictures podcast, my guest is Mandy Baggett. She's an award-winning, traditionally published author and her romance books feature stunning locations and always have a happy ending. Hello, Mandy, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, it's lovely to be here. Yeah, it is. It's lovely. It's a very rainy day here in England and we're just having a quick talk about the weather because, well, that's what English people do. But your romance books feature quite often um, Greece. Why, why is that? Why, why do you like Greece? Uh, I lost my heart to Greece a long time ago. Um, I first went to Greece in 2003, I think it was, the island of Corfu with my husband and uh, we absolutely fell in love with it and we went back the second year and then stupidly I, well, I shouldn't say that really I decided to have children <laughs> my foreign <laughs> holidays kind of took a back seat after that but Greece has always been in my heart and as soon as they were old enough and we could afford it we went back and now I've got two little houses in Corfu um, so I spend a lot of my time there as much time as I can Oh, it sounds lovely. Yes, I, I've been to Corfu as well, and it is so beautiful. That sea and all that. that it well, is. it's just nice to have a bit of sunshine, isn't it, after the rain? Absolutely. And, you know, it's the people, really, that keep drawing us back. The Greeks, they're so inviting. Yes. I love their culture, their history. They're so proud of that as well. And it, and their amazing food. What can yes. I say about that? <laughs> Does my diet in every time. But, um, yeah, I'm always going back for more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely lovely. How many of your books um, feature Greece then? Oh, you put me on the spot now. I think it's something like seven or eight. Oh, right. So, um, quite, so quite a few. Yeah. Yeah. At the moment, I'm writing two books a year and the summer one is always set in Corfu and the winter one is usually set somewhere else. So, yeah, every summer for I don't know how long I've written a Greek summer book. Yeah, nice, nice. It's nice to have that kind of connection. And do you base it in on real places in Greece or just, just in Corfu, but actually really Corfu so that if somebody went there, they could say, oh, that your characters walk down this street? Definitely, yeah. There are, um, I've had to use fictional places um, occasionally. I've had to make up a fictional village for one of my books staying out for the summer um, just because I there was characters sort of leading the village that I didn't want to be related to real people that lead the village. Um, but most of the time, yeah, they definitely go to the tourist resorts, the little mountain villages. So people can use my books as like a travel guide around Corfu. And they do. They send me lovely pictures. So I read your book and I've visited all the places and some of the restaurants. And yeah, that's really nice when that happens. Yeah. And I think it's it's great fun to read a book which is set in the place that where you're visiting. I, I, mm. I quite often look for that if I'm going somewhere. Yeah, absolutely lovely. Now, the thing is, Mandy, you do something that I really like, is you write a Christmas 
book. Um, and I don't read actually a lot of romance, but I always read a few romances that are set in a Christmas setting about this time of year. And I'm always kind of looking through, you know, to find out what what I would like to read over the Christmas period just to kind of get me into the into the theme. So your new book is called Wishing on a Star. Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, and is it out now? It is out now. Yeah, yep. it's out now in ebook, paperback, and audio book. So Brilliant. almost every variety you could wish for. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's the way to go these days to put it out into all the different formats that people like to enjoy your words in. So, how many Christmas books have you got on the spot again? Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, this, this book is actually my twenty fifth novel. Wow. So I can tell you exactly how many I've written. Yeah. Um, I said, yeah, literally for the last few years, I've done summer and Christmas. So I don't know. I don't often count. How how many Greek how many Christmas I just like keep a number of how many I've written in total yeah but there is a number uh, probably about the same like eight yeah. nine ten maybe yeah that's that's <laughs> really good I'll and I can your... them translated as well and um into other countries Germany absolutely love my Christmas books so they have them as well over there well I think they're very big on Christmas the Germans aren't they, they are. yeah yeah absolutely and, and so you've got your wishing on a star book which is out which is out now um I'll put all the links in the show notes people so that you can go and find those are each of your books standalones Mandy or do they follow a little theme or do they do characters <laughs> pop up in them that you might have met in another story um, no, they're all standalone, apart from my very first novel. The first thing you do, well, the first thing I did when I write a book is you want to keep the characters and write a second one. So the my very first book does have a follow on with the same characters. But after that, everything is standalone. Um, I, I really enjoy that because... I take my characters on a complete journey, I feel. So they've changed from beginning to end and their character arc and the story arc is there and it's finished. But I do get so many emails from readers saying, oh, I love these characters. I really want another book to find out where they are now. Most books I tend to do an epilogue. So you get maybe a six months later or, you know, if something's not quite finished when the end comes, you'll get a sort of piece into the future of how they're getting on now but yeah most of them the story's ended when the book ends but yeah I always get readers asking for more which is nice yeah yes I think well I think you get uh, invested in the characters don't you and then you you just want to find out what happens next yeah and I think as a writer I think you always do know what happens next even although you've completed the character arc you feel you know you know that they went on and had six children and you know (laughs) or whatever it was ran the company whatever it is what I always say is, um, you know, I can't, if I wrote a second book, because they always have a happy ending, whether they're, you know, still, whether they're going to get married, whether they're together, or you've got the promise that they will be together, there's always a happy ending. And so I always think to myself, if I wrote a second book, I'd have to like break them up to get them back together again. And yes. Yeah. <laughs> no no exactly yeah and it's it's you know like you say you've 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 got to that conclusion uh why the happy ending then mandy are, are you just really a, a very um uh do you do you feel that's what your readers want or do you always see are you've you got rose-colored spectacles on do you think everything's gonna be all right i think i'd like to give positivity out into the world and make people have a happy and uplifting read but by no means is it an easy journey for my characters i do put them through the ringer and they're all usually starting from a place where they have things going on in their life that haven't been successful so it's about finding out why those things weren't successful whether it's outside elements whether it's something in them whether they need to grow in confidence um and it's about experiencing that and finding love along the way so it's about the growth of a person really and how you don't necessarily need somebody to be romantically involved with but you want somebody it's you know 
it's not the woman being rescued by a man on a white horse these days. It's about women being women and being happy with how their lives are going and then wanting that romantic connection. Yes. Yeah. I think, because I think the human need is, although like you say, it's not all about women being rescued anymore. Like, like, you know, romantic books used to be always about that. Um, but, but I think it's also a, a basic human need that we want a partner we want mm. to, we want to be together with somebody in some form. Yeah, or, or, you want to share your life with somebody and share your yeah. experience with somebody, but you don't necessarily need to be picked up off the floor and you know mollycoddled. I think that's the theme that I like to. I've got strong women. They might be not be women who are in the best place in their life for one reason or another, but it's still they're going to find their strength from within themselves and their growth during the book. It's not all about the man coming to the rescue. Yeah, that sounds good. I like it. And and uh, dare I ask you, uh, are you fade to black or are you a bit spicy? Oh, well, I've done a lot of fade. At the moment, at the moment, I'm going through a bit of a fade to black phase. I don't know whether that's because I've got older <laughs> and I'm shutting that bedroom door or, or the shower door or whatever um, at the moment. But I, I have got spicy and mainly spicy in my summer books. Um, I think if the characters lend themselves to it, if it's important for the connection between them, that we go a bit further and you see things going on. Um, but yeah, my readers tend to like it a bit more spicy in the summer than they do in Christmas. Christmas is more cosy. More yes, I think you're right, actually. <laughs> yes, I think you're right. I never thought of that, actually. Yeah, that, that's very true. And I think you're right. I think I think if it, if the spice lends to the story and mm. you learn something about somebody, you know, during that that connection that they have with somebody and you want to tell that, then I think that's fine. But if it is not, if it's just spice for spice's sake... Mm, I, you can see that it doesn't work. I know when I've read that kind of thing myself. So well done you. I think you've got the right idea. Yeah, perfect. So how long have you been writing, Mandy? Absolutely ages with all those books under your belt. Well, you, just, I, you, you don't look old enough to be. <laughs> so you're going to obviously started this when you were 12. <laughs> well, you say that I was probably right. I remember vividly writing a very short romantic story when I was about nine years old and based on one of my favourite like TV dramas called Jimba Matlock. Don't know. It's a, it was like an American cop show. And I had at nine years old, I had a crush on the main the main guy in it and I wrote this romance that my mum read. And, um, you know, I just carried on writing as a child, but it was all kind of romantic based, like crushes on boys or um, things that are going on or like fictional people from TV. I write these romantic stories. So I started like really early and it was always romance. But my first book that I self-published called Excess All Areas I wrote when I was on maternity leave with my child and my child is now 17 and um, so it was published in 2008 and rejected by absolutely everybody which is why I self-published it and then I just carried on from there but it was always romance it was what sort of always drew me back you know I have written other things I've got a few things in the drawer that have never seen the light of day and I don't know whether they will it's always romance that kind of drives me to get up in the morning and write more books, the connection mm. between the characters. Yeah, and you're obviously a hopeless romantic, Mandy. I think we've decided <laughs> that. I've, I've, I've put that label on you. <laughs> there's there's not, that, that's not that much else we can do, really. You were a, an indie author to start with, and then you're traditionally published now, then? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've, I've done a bit of everything. I've done a bit of self-publishing through Amazon Kindle. Yeah. Um, then I went to a small press called Sapphire Star, um, that was my fifth book I went with them so I've self-published a few um, and then I've 
been traditionally published ever since. I've, well, I've been with almost every publisher that there is. I've been with HarperCollins. I've been with uh, Head of Zeus. I've been with Bookature. Um, and we're currently with Embla Books. And yeah, who knows what the future holds? Yeah, well, I think, what, you know, as a writer, I think you always have to be um, quite fluid in how that's happening and how you're bringing your, your words out into the world, whether you're a staunch indie or whether you're a bit of a hybrid or, hmm. you know, or you're changing publishers or agents, whatever it is. It's basically about doing what's right for you and, you know, what, what works for the reader as well so that they get your words. Yeah, I think it's, I think I, it's I good. I always say that there's no traditional way to approach things now. There's no. more choice than ever authors have got so much more opportunities than when I first began um you know back then I sort of leapt on board the Kindle train because it was new it was you know when that came out that changed and the direction of my writing it made me be able to get my words out into the world you know that wasn't possible before that so there is far more opportunities than there ever was before yeah and I think that's a good thing really I think I think it, it enables I think it enables a lot of writers to um, be their own boss. Even if you're um, being traditionally published, I think you have more say in mm. what it is because they know that, you know, if you don't like it, you can actually just hop off that train and go and do your own thing and be quite successful at it, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I, I don't think you're we're quite so owned, I think, like we were before, which I think no. is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you write two books a year. So are you always writing the the summer one at Christmas and the Christmas one in the summer. Is that how it works? Yeah. Is that, yeah. Because I, I write magazine articles and sometimes you have to look, you know, if I'm writing an article that, that needs to fit into a, a, a festival or a time zone and you sort, you're sort of four or five months ahead and so you're trying to write something Christmassy, you know, in the middle of the summer and it is really weird to try and get your head into it do you have a christmas tree up in your office to help or something (laughs) i have been known to listen to christmas music and light some festive smelling candles if i really need the extra inspiration i always do find christmas harder to write in the summer than i find summer to write in christmas period because i always long for somewhere hot and sunny so and when i'm in greece if i'm not there in the winter it's hard to you know do that but yes I do find Christmas quite hard to write in summer but that's the nature of being a writer yes yeah the um at the moment I've literally just literally going to finish my summer book soon so if I get a shift on and don't have a rest I can actually write a little bit of Christmas near Christmas yeah you know you won't you won't have time Mandy that's rubbish yeah yeah but at least it'll be winter weather uh, and do you have christmas books are they all mostly set in england or or are they all over the place they're um paris new york london they're my kind of go-to uh locations at the moment um but who knows you know i don't never say never i haven't done like a cabin in the mountains yet anywhere so that's always i always fancy a bit of that i do love a cabin and a log fire and that sort of thing so yeah yeah. And that's tempting me at the moment, so we'll see. But, yeah, they're usually set in sort of the main sort of cities that people go to visit for Christmas markets and things yeah. like that. The Wishing yeah. on a Star is set in Richmond in London. I love uh, Richmond. Yeah, me too. And uh, they go to other areas of London, but that's where the heroine lives. And, um, yeah, it's all sort of set around there. So I'm just going to ask you about your covers, Mandy, because this is the words and pictures, and I always like to ask about the artwork mm-hmm. and things. I've noticed they all look of a piece and you're you're going with the genre 
thing of having the little cartoony kind of illustrated covers. Do you, do you get much say in that as a as a traditionally published author, or does it like yes just happen? No. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, no. It's kind of um, my brand now is that look. I'm looking at it right now, so I'm looking over here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I love how it looks. I think it's really on point for the genre. And but I do get a say. We had a bit of a I mean, gnawing about the colour of a streetlight on my latest cover. It was kind of orange to begin with, but I wasn't keen on that. So we've changed it to white. So I got a say in that. And um, so I do get a say, like different, it's like, here's the cover. What do you think? And I usually I like it, which is good. And so it's only like a little few tweaks. Would this be better? The jacket be better, that colour and and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I do get a say, but I, I really like how my brand looks at the moment yes I do yes I think it looks good yeah absolutely yeah like website and the whole thing's all coming together yeah and do they give you an assets pack as well for for you to use across social media yeah, and things like yeah that? definitely yeah like for Instagram I love like the look of the Instagram stories um, yeah and uh, obviously you can add links and things now to that which is really helpful for selling books but yeah I, I'm terrible at creating pictures myself I can do it I do do sometimes if I see a nice Christmas tree and I put my book cover next to it and I make an image like that but mainly I use the ones from the publisher because they're much more professional than mine yeah and also that stuff takes time you know I it was does. talking to somebody this morning about making assets and I was giving them some tips and alternate ends and uh, and I, I was sort of looking at my stuff thinking mm, that's another job for the new year you know because as an indie you have to do everything you know yeah. um, I, I do my own artwork um so yes yeah and it is it you know even if you can do it and I quite like doing it I, I'm quite happy doing that arty stuff but it but it is a you know you need to give yourself you know I'd easily give myself a week to create a new pack of that stuff it's it's surprising yeah. how long it takes just fiddling about and getting it getting it looking good yeah and I think these days there's so much visual stuff that we need and I think you've really got to get that right otherwise it just doesn't look professional and it doesn't have a have the right feel to it and and it's very important to that the that the onlooker wherever they are on whichever social media they're on it's I think it's very important that they immediately grasp what it is your book is like so that they know what they're going to buy you know or you know yeah. and, and you're attracting the right people for your work yeah and I think your stuff really does that I think it looks great so I think your publishing house is doing very well <laughs> yeah I, absolutely I, I remember someone saying to me it takes something like I don't know maybe two seconds for a reader to yeah. either buy or dismiss your cover when they're looking for books so the cover really has to hit the titles usually got to be big and they've got to see what it is immediately yeah. Um, because it's that look that takes precedence before they even think about reading a blurb they've moved on if they don't like the cover so yeah yeah well well (laughs) you do judge the book by the cover Mm -hmm. absolutely and and do you find um so you're on on twitter and you're on uh, Instagram do you do TikTok do you do any of the other things I haven't I haven't done TikTok yet and my children are forever on TikTok so and I hear it's like the massive thing and I know I bought my children some books that have been recommended from TikTok so I know that it's reaching readers and I think that's something I've got to get on board with but I'm like again where do I find the time I'm gonna have to find the time to uh to look into this more because I think it's something I'd enjoy but I might enjoy it a little bit too much <laughs> yeah, I think, well, I think this is the time, the time drain. And I think this yeah. is the trouble as a woman and as a writer, um, you know, whether you're traditional or indie like me, the whole selling your book and getting on the social media is a massive time drain, mm-hmm. you know, because, um, I mean, 
the thing is, I mean, I, I'm on TikTok. I haven't been on there very long, but I find it fascinating. And I end up, you know, just looking at other people's stuff. I then think, gosh, I've been on here half an hour and I haven't actually posted my own thing because I've been so excited to read theirs. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, I think it, I think it is very, very, very tricky to um, find some sort of balance. Do you have a, a, a sort of time in the day that you do your social or do you just sort of hit it whenever like I do? No, I hit it whenever. I don't really yeah. have a time schedule for anything. It's just uh, when I've got five minutes, when I make a coffee or something, I might have a yeah. quick look. Um, I do. Um, I've got my child, my teenager, my 17 year old, like working for me at weekends. So they tend to schedule some posts for social media for the week so that when I do go on there myself, it's much more personal. It's me doing stuff. So those sort of ones that promote the book and just promote the book are scheduled and then when I'm on there, I'm on there personally engaging with readers, asking questions and running my I've got a Mandy Baggett um, book group on Facebook. So we do things like Slow Down Sunday and we talk about what we're doing. We have What Are You Reading Wednesday and we'll discuss what books we're reading. And uh, we have a What Are You Drinking Friday, which is always really popular. You don't yeah. have to have alcohol. There's cups of tea and Diet Cokes as well. And we all share pictures of what we're drinking on a Friday night. So then I can go on and have fun doing that. And the sort of selling books is you know done already, really. Yeah, and that's really nice to have that kind of connection with with people. And I think romance books lend themselves to that. I don't think my dark fantasy readers will be doing any of that anytime soon. <laughs> More's the pity. Yeah, Although, yeah. I think I think that's nice. That's a, that's a really really nice thing to do. That Facebook group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really good. So, is your husband romantic then? Where do you get the Where do you get the romance from? I was kind of waiting for that question when you said. <laughs> Does everybody ask you that? Yeah, yeah. My husband, I know. I think he would admit that he's like the least romantic person in the whole world. Um, maybe that's why I write such romantic heroes because I'm not getting yeah. romance at home. No, yeah. um, we've. It's actually our wedding anniversary um, this month, and it's twenty years we've been married. So he must be doing something right. But, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's not romantic at all, but he is very good in other ways he's a brilliant listener we were best friends before we got together um and yeah he just needs to work on his romance he doesn't read enough of my books you see he's kind you know when it got too many he's kind of dipped out now because he doesn't get a lot of time um but yeah maybe he needs to take some tips from my greek heroes (laughs) yeah yeah exactly what do you think's the most romantic thing you know that you'd like to happen to yourself do you know just not to do anything chore like for a day might be nice like someone to do the washing and the washing up and yeah. the school run and yeah it's uh it tends to fall to me um you know we both run our own businesses my my husband's an accountant so he, he makes a joke actually that um this is quite romantic when he makes a joke when we go out that he says what he does I say what I do and then no one wants to speak to him for the rest of the night because they all want to talk to the author so yeah, yeah. <laughs> quite romantic that he says that but yeah I think um yeah a rest for the day would be nice like just to uh pamper myself maybe and not have to do some chores yeah and would you write on this rest day or would you Probably. not do anything yeah yeah me too exactly yeah, yeah. because I love it obviously and it's my job and it, it doesn't feel that doesn't feel like a chore um sometimes you've got a tight deadline it might feel like a proper job um which it obviously is but I think 
it's in you to write like people say you ever going to not write you know are you going to retire I'm like I don't think authors retire it's just written in their DNA that they just will carry on writing until they're put in a box so yeah Uh, I think that's a good thing I think that's that's something that's really really nice do you think you'd ever change genres do you think you might write for children or or write something scary or I don't know (laughs) as I said I've got these couple of things in the drawer that um I've never seen the light of day. I don't know whether they will. I sometimes think, oh, I, you know, maybe I should switch it up and write something else or, you know, just to have a change. But I don't know. I think I could do it. It's not that I couldn't do it. It's just I really still enjoy writing romance. And while people are still loving it, um, you know, I want to give the readers what they want to read. And, you know, I'm, I'm really enjoying it still. Yeah, and I think that really comes across in your writing. I think it's very hard to write stuff that you're not, sort of meant to write somehow you know I think it's hard to you know switch it I know with the magazine article stuff sometimes I'm I get asked to write something and yeah I do do it for the money I must admit I might stick another name on it but it doesn't come as easy as the stuff that's you know what you what you're really interested in or what what you really want to do yeah amazing so Mandy tell me about Christmas why is Christmas the festival that you like to write about Is, is Christmas a big thing in your house it is and it isn't. Um, we don't have a particularly big family. I never really celebrated Christmas much um, when I was younger. My parents were divorced, uh, so it's always Christmas with Nan and Grandad. Uh, Nan and Grandad aren't here anymore, so my family is dwindling. Um, but my kids absolutely love it, so I've done something good. I've let them enjoy <laughs> enjoy Christmas um but yeah we don't really um celebrate too much we have a tree we have the presents and the dinner and everything and um I think maybe that's why I write it because I'm writing about that archetypal Christmas with family around the tree and you know everything going really well and um yeah people being more more into it than I get to be unfortunately yeah so so that's your sort of uh do you think you're writing about the Christmases that you wished you had maybe Yeah. yeah Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah. you know, everyone is going to celebrate, if they celebrate Christmas, everyone is going to do it differently. But I think, you know, if you celebrate it, you want the whole full package of, like you said, the ice skating, they're going out for hot chocolates and mulled wine and the Christmas markets. And not everybody gets to experience that. So maybe it's giving people a dream Christmas in my books that they might not have at home. Yeah, well, I think that's I think that's true. And I, th- I think it's um, it's nice to have that escapism and just... You know, and also I think, you know, when you write a book that's that actually says on your website, you know, these books have a happy ending. I think that's a nice place to be. It's a bit like watching a rom-com on television. You know it's mm. going to be all right in the end. And, and I think that's quite nice to have that knowledge, yeah. the safety of it, and know that you're going to, you know, no matter what your characters have gone through or how their Christmases start, at the end, obviously, they're going to have a really nice a nice Christmas and I think that's I think that's really that's why I read a couple of Christmas books I must say and and I don't read romance all year really you know and and then come come this time of year I'm I will read four or five of that kind of thing because I obviously I need to have that warm fuzzy feeling and it's good yeah I think that it's okay to have a guaranteed happy ever after in romance because the readers are looking for that and so I think that the surprises come from the getting there you always know they're going to get there but how are they going to get there 
So that's what I try and I try and give the element of surprise and the struggles in the book, but they know it's going to be a satisfying ending. Well, I think it's good. Well, it's a bit like knowing you're going to have some pudding, isn't it? Really, <laughs> <laughs> I, I always like that when you if the table's set for dinner and there's a there's a dessert spoon on the top. I think, oh, now this is going to be nice because we're going to have a pudding. <laughs> yeah, I'd much rather they gave me yeah. a cheese knife. And then I'd be like really happy that cheese was coming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so does food um, feature in your books quite a lot? Do you oh, get a lot of yeah. Greek food, lots of Christmas yeah. food, stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, Greek food is absolutely one of the highlights of writing about Greece. And people say, you know, the food, I just felt hungry the whole time I was reading your book, which is good because I've done the right thing. And um, I don't know if you know, I was on Ready, Steady, Cook. I did um, see that on your thing, yeah. on your website. Yes, and brilliant. I was with the Greek chef, Akis Petrozikis, which was very good. So we made Greek food there. And um, yeah, we still chat now and then. We're still friends. That's really nice. So I, I see a lot of his recipes and I try and make some of those at home. But yeah, food is essential in um, my books even in the Christmas books they're always eating I think maybe it's because I'm hungry when I'm writing the books <laughs> I'm always hungry yeah I could always eat yeah perhaps that's how you could do the TikTok I think you could get on there and, and knock up a few bits and pieces while you're that's a good idea, talking, talking about your drink it's usually a disaster though I mean I'm not the best cook I, I'm a good tryer I will try but every recipe I make there's some sort of something going wrong but that's funny isn't it <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all good yeah it's, all, it's, all, it's a bit like when you watch these things and on television and they're um you know like the bake-off and stuff like that and we always sit around my, my lot and we go well we'd eat it we don't care that one's four inches square and one's three and a half inches we go looks fine to me <laughs> you know, size over. they say <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's it is good. Yeah, I think that's I think that's I want to see you on TikTok going. Oh, now here's a nice nice masaka and uh, <laughs> this is my new thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Okay, so we're nearly out of time, Mandy. Uh, which is it just whizzes past this when you get chatting to people. Where can people find you online um, and find all your books? They can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mandy Bagger. I'm at Mandy Bagger on Instagram. I'm at Mandy Bagger Author on Facebook. Um, I have a website. It's mandybaggett.com. And you can buy all my books in all formats on Amazon. Um, that's the best place to find it. And the latest one is Wishing on a Star. Yep, Wishing on a Star. And I'll put those all in the show notes um, so that you really can follow those links and find you and your and your new book, which I will probably be reading in a week or so. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure it'll make me hungry, and it'll it'll be a, another a nice little Christmassy read for me to uh, lose myself into. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll let you get back to your writing. Thank you. And um, finish book. <laughs> finish that book. Yeah, and see if you can start that Christmas one. Um, you yeah. won't. There's no time now. Christmas is nearly upon <laughs> us. I've got a list already of stuff that needs to be done. Oh, yeah. Right, thank well, you for inviting me on. No, it's been a pleasure. Okay, it was lovely to talk to Mandy Baggett about all her things, and uh, she really is quite a prolific author. Well done, Mandy. And her new Christmas story, Wishing on a Star, is out now, and I think you can get that on Amazon. And uh, if you like me and you need a couple of uh, Christmassy books on your TBR, well, that's a good one to have. Uh, I've got it on my Kindle as well, so happy days. Okay, so thank you for listening to the Words and Pictures podcast. Don't forget it comes out every Monday. Do tell your writer friends so that we can spread the love. 
And uh, if you fancy coming on to the Words and Picture podcast, it's really not that scary to do. So, you know, get in touch with me via social media or you can find a, a link, a contact link to my website, which is www.djbowmansmith.com. And uh, I'll be recording again in the new year sometime about the middle of January. I tend to work in blocks and I kind of have a week where I do lots of interviews and then I, I get on and do all the other things. There's quite a lot to do in order to bring them out into the world, these things. Um, so if you fancy that, um, yeah, get in touch. It doesn't matter what you do, what you write. I'm completely open. I don't want this to ever be a podcast where I'm only um, interviewing very famous people or people that are highly successful or whatever. I want it to have you know, writers and artists across the board in whatever stage you're at in your career, come and have a chat with me. You know, it's all interesting stuff to do and we want to hear, you know, where you are in your journey and what you're up to. So get in touch if you think feeling brave, it's not that hard to do. It's pre-recorded. You know, if you cough and cry or go blank like I often do, then, you know, I can edit it as much as I can. So next week, my guest is the very lovely Richard Hayden, and he'll be telling us about his imaginary series, of which the third book is out in the new year. And uh, he'll be giving us a, a, a podcast exclusive of the name of the new book. So come along and listen to Richard Hayden. He's absolutely fabulous. So that's next week. In the meantime, thank you for listening to the Words and Pictures podcast. Until next time. Bye bye.